Uh, welcome as we come to worship um, today. Our first today comes from Psalm 37, um, verse 4. It says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Um, sometimes we have different views of who God is and how we're to approach God. But it's less common to believe that we can actually delight in God. Um, and actually take delight in him. Uh, sometimes it almost feels as if it should be the other way or we're too bad to be able to do that or we're not capable of doing that. But actually, that's what we're urged to do, to delight in him, to see who he is and what he has done for us. And that's what we've come to gather to do today uh, as we gather together for worship. And in fact, the scriptures also tell us that this is how God showed his love amongst us, that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That he himself, that is Jesus, bore his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds we are healed. And so we come hearing those promises and those truths today in the knowledge that the God that we worship is a faithful God. Um, today, our Bible reading is not coming um, on the, uh, by pre-recorded um, we're going to read Psalm 122, which is the psalm that we're looking at in the Psalms of Ascent. Um, we're going to read that together um, today uh, before we look at it uh, in more depth. And so let's not do it by alternate first or anything like that. Let's just uh, simply read this um, together um, today. And so we say, I rejoice. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you uh, for this opportunity to come before your word, um, the opportunity to uh, recite it together uh, and the blessing that that is, whether that's here in this building uh, or whether that's uh, online and across our homes, um, to seek the blessing of your word into our moment. Uh, thank you for that privilege. And so may it be your word and not my words in this moment that speaks into the depths of our being. In your name, amen. Um, so we're on this journey um, together and we're looking at the Psalms of Ascent. And as we said before, these are the Psalms that um, the nation of Israel would have sang together as a community on their way in their pilgrimage every year um, to Jerusalem. Psalms uh, of Ascent are the songs. Uh, and in fact, they're a dog-eared songbook um, of what God has done, of his faithfulness. Uh, and it's one generation teaching the next generation who God is uh, and all the things that he has done for them. Last couple of weeks, we've looked at and we've asked to pose the question, what it is that abides in you? That this journey of faith is a long obedience in the same direction. 
Um, that the creator of Genesis 1, who spoke light into being, is the same God who desires to guard your steps today. He is present with us in this moment. And last week we posed the question of what captures your gaze. As you look at Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills, and where does my help come from? Not from false gods, not from false idols, but from the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and of earth. So what has captured your gaze um, this week? What has drawn your attention this week? Psalm 122 takes the theme of worship. And we know in one sense that worship is much more than simply singing songs. As we gather together, worship is a whole life thing. It's what we do in our everyday. It's our actions. It's our words. It's how we live out our lives. How we interact with our neighbors, with our friends, with our families. That is worship, because all of those aspects are important to us and important to the Lord. But Psalm 122 is almost this psalm where the, the psalmist is saying that he's encouraging the people around him to come to worship, to sing together. In fact, the first one says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. This is a person who knows the value of gathering as a community of believers to worship. Because whenever we gather as a community of believers, it's not just the moments that we sing. It's the moments that we pause to pray. It's the interactions that we have before or after this time that is set aside as a service where relationships are deepened and grown and built, and where faith is stirred in this place. We know that. We know that worship is more than just singing. But there is power and simplicity in worship. There is power and simplicity in gathering to worship. It releases something in us. That moment where we sing shine from the inside out. That moment where at the front where three children can get all of the actions correct and the, dare I say, middle-aged man? Would I even know? Um, I don't know. Um, where the 44-year-old just gets completely confuddled. Those are moments where we can, in their power and in their simplicity, can show us that we can be ourselves. That there is freedom to come before a God who accepts you for who you are, but who desires at the deepest level that you would grow to be the best version of who he created you to be. And so as there's power and simplicity in it, it's also commanded in the Scriptures that we don't neglect giving up meeting together. Worship is, can be spontaneous. I don't know if you've ever been um, out for a walk and you're in the middle of a forest or you're beside a lake or you're uh, at a beach at sunset and there are just those moments where spontaneously everything around you completely freezes and you go, whoa, wow, wow. Look at creation. Isn't that amazing? And in that moment, your heart shifts. You spontaneously begin to worship the Creator and thank God 
for that opportunity. Your heart is shifted. The very inside of who you are shifts a little bit. Uh, your emotion changes. Your, your feelings become a little bit more positive. There's something shifting whenever worship happens. We were on um, the North Coast yesterday uh, and we were traveling from um, the Port Ballantrae Road into Port Rush. Um, and there's a moment just after Dunluce Castle where there's quite a few tight bends on the road there. And there are little, kind of, I, there, I suppose they used to be like almost passing laybys in one sense, tiny wee sort of stone bits where you can't fit a car into you anymore. Um, but you might have been able to fit your horse um, into it. It's no one of those ones. Um, and the thunder clouds were rolling in um, off Donegal. Um, that's not unusual. Um, but the sky was amazing because the sun was shining where we were. The sun was beginning to set but the thunder clouds were coming in and these two mixtures were happening um, and there was a car or two in front of me who decided that they should spontaneously stop and admire the view. Well, the person who was in front of me did not appreciate the spontaneous stop as the person tried to, to get their extra large car into a very small layby. Um, there was a few beeping of horns and the windows did go down. Not mine, obviously. Um, the windows did go down. I think there was a few exchanges happened. Um, from the visitor um, from another country. Um, but sometimes those moments happen where they just were captured by the spontaneous moment and we begin to worship. But worship isn't simply spontaneous. It's also intentional. You see, first one says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. In other versions it says, I have joy with those who go to the house of the Lord. That's a different emphasis. That takes us back to the spontaneous moment. Joy is almost a spontaneous thing, isn't it? It's also a very contagious thing. And so, whilst worship is spontaneous, it, it is and can be and must be intentional. It must be something that we set out to do. It must be something that we set time aside to do, to wonder at the awesomeness of who God is, to come together, to gather together to worship, to gather together as a community of believers to encourage each other. That's an intentional act. See, verse 4 says, that is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. These psalms were sang as they ascended up to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage every year. That was intentional. That wasn't a spontaneous pilgrimage. That was intentional. The Jewish people every year set aside, set aside time to go to Jerusalem. And as New Testament people, we are encouraged to set time aside to come together, to gather together. Now, the old preacher says you're preaching to the converted uh, or you're preaching to the choir um, as you say these things in a church building. But actually we each have a responsibility to encourage other people to be a part of this gathering. And for various reasons there are people who gather online with us Sunday by Sunday. 
Uh, and so this intentional gathering for worship in light of the world that we find ourselves in in COVID times has now become a hybrid of gathering together, whether it's in person or online. But even if you're gathered online, you've made an intentional moment to sit down this morning to do it with us. But we need to be intentional in our encouragement of other people to gather with us. There's nothing like a personal invitation. You know that yourself. If somebody personally invites you to something, you're more inclined to go to it than simply someone advertising that something is happening. And over the years of ministry, I've heard many, probably, excuses of why people can't come to church. Life's too busy. See, if parents don't work, children, the list could go on. And often there is moments in me where, uh, rightly, as a church leader, as a pastor, I need to challenge and speak into those moments and say, well, actually, where's the value? What are you setting above or before intentionally coming and gathering together as a community of believers? Worship is spontaneous, but it is also intentional. And often it does show where we value or where we place our values. It's not just about ritually doing something because that's what we've always done, but it is about being intentional within it. And maybe after I've said some of those things, there are questions within you that is saying, well, I don't didn't go because I didn't feel like going that day and that would have made me a hypocrite to go to worship. Verse 4 says, That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel, according to the statute given, according to the command given, according to the biblical imperative given that we gather together. Often whether we feel like it um, or not, it's a privilege to gather together in freedom. Many of our brothers and sisters across the world today are not allowed to gather together in freedom. And sometimes never things happen and allow us in freedom, they become, we can, the preacher included, can become complacent with those things. We need not let that happen in our hearts and in our minds. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 23 and 25 says, Let us spur one another on. Do not neglect, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Eugene Peterson says that worship does not satisfy our hunger for God. It whets our appetite. I think that's wonderful. It poses so many other questions in my mind and in my being. Worship does not satisfy our hunger for God. So whenever we worship God, it's not that we suddenly are now filled with God and are so full that we are no longer hungry for Him. It whets our appetite. It's that moment where you see someone else walking about with the most humongous ice cream 
on Port Stewart Prom and you think, I'll have one of those. That's what worship does for us in our hearts and our minds, in our attitude and in our worship towards God. It stirs us up for something more. Because the thing with God, there is always more. Singing, worshipping changes the focus. Catherine Scott, who comes uh, from the North Coast, has a song called The Battlefield, Singing in the Battlefield. That whenever we sing in the battlefield, it changes the battle. We raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemy. Why? Because whenever we worship, we invite heaven into our space. And whenever we invite heaven into our space, the atmosphere changes. Know my words. They're in the psalm. Verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They've gone to worship. And whenever they've gone to worship, their attitude is changing. They're no longer just on a pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. It's no longer just something that they do annually every year. Listen to this. They are encouraged to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Whenever we worship, it whets our appetite for more of the Lord. And whenever our appetite is whetted for more of the Lord, our desire to see him not just in this place, but in the everyday moments of our lives will change. And that's what worship's all about. It's when His presence becomes our desire. Well, how do I do that, James? Well, I have a simple formula for us this morning, and I'm included in this to help us try to do this. The first is this, to take one more step to trying to do it. Try something small. Allow a moment to capture your gaze this week and worship God within it. Invite God into the moment where you're finding it difficult. Sit down and worship or sing or put some music on the background, even whenever you don't feel like doing it. That's step one. Just take the first step. And whenever you don't feel like taking that step, then here's number two. Refer to number one. Because it's spontaneous and it's intentional. And there will be moments where you don't feel like taking another step. But take it anyway you will not regret it. His presence is our desire. Let's pray together. Father, as we spend a few moments simply reflecting on that psalm today, Will your spirit shout, 
loudly or whisper softly into the depths of our being. Nor would you capture our gaze afresh and anew today. And Lord, in this moment, as we invite your presence into our situation, as we continue this journey with you and with each other, Lord, we lay before you those things that maybe we have been carrying and we're finding them burdensome or heavy. Mindful of your word, encouraging us to cast our cares upon you. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. To hand these things over to you. To listen to your voice and to worship you in that moment. To raise a hallelujah. as we've prayed for uh, those moments where we've found ourselves maybe difficult or hard, we, we, we give thanks now for those moments where we have been able to feel you and experience you and know that your presence is close. Well, we turn our eyes to the blessing. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.